morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about keeping track of your stuff. Your stuff in RPGs. That's tabletop RPGs. <laughs> well, it could go for role-playing games and computers, but... But it would keep track of it for you. That's true. That's true. My question is, why do you have to keep track of your stuff? That is a good question. And I think in the old times... Before computers and stuff, uh, back original D and D and A D and D, probably into second edition. I guess second edition lasted until, well, until the third edition came out, so two thousand. So before that, I think computers weren't a big part of everybody's daily lives. I mean, all the time. I mean, sure, by the time we, by mid nineties, people were using computers to to write papers and stuff like that, and and became more more. Uh, available but still a lot of people didn't use computers for like all kinds of different other stuff what does that have to do with keeping track of your stuff well i don't know i have no idea (laughs) but i was thinking like you know like in modern in modern computer games it keeps track of all your stuff as you go along and play and you could probably use some sort of computer uh or like for example what is it uh okay you've gone off on a way tangent no 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 so there's this thing called i forget what What's that app for Dungeons and Dragons that people use all the time? I don't know. Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! I can't remember. But there's there's this thing that where you pay a monthly subscription and roll twenty. No, it's not roll twenty. It is a just for they just got bought out by Wizards of the Coast, by the way. Oh, D and D Beyond. D and D Beyond, exactly. So you would have your character sheet on on this D and D Beyond, and it would keep track of all your stuff, mm-hmm. and it would be like an electronic character sheet right but you would still i guess you would still have to keep track of stuff so why do you need to keep track of your stuff well because in the old days of D, you would have certain items that would help you out in certain situations so you would have a list of stuff equipment that you would have on your character sheet now because the back in the old days the treasure tables were so back then it was kind of like monty hall you would roll randomly on his table and you would get all this stuff and after a while, you would have accumulated a lot of stuff because you're always adventuring, you're always doing stuff, and during your adventures, you're getting all this stuff. And I remember me and my, my friends back in the old days, we had wagonfuls of stuff. That would make it hard to adventure with a wagon. <laughs> well, but we also had to hire hirelings to you know, man the wagon. So while we were off adventuring, they would kind of kick back and no we wouldn't take obviously we wouldn't take the wagons adventuring we would like go from town to town and i and not too not too long ago i, I did i come across a sheet that said wagon number two oh, i had a list of stuff that was on it that seems a little excessive <laughs> well i mean that was it uh, that was you know you were we were playing D by the rules at least by what my brother interpreted as rules and so he was rolling on these tables and he would give us this, the items that we rolled and it, and we were so rich and had so many things that we needed wagons to carry it all. Plus, you know, the rations and stuff that we carried as we went on venturing. A little while later, they redid the rules because he was using the original D&D rules. Uh, AD&D changed it so you didn't have wagon loads of stuff. But you could still could accumulate a lot of items. And I think what happens is, is that sometimes you just, it's like overload, right? There's too many things on your list that you, you like some stuff we didn't even couldn't even use right it wasn't like good for us not good for us but it wasn't optimal for us to use did it. you ever think of selling something yeah i don't know why we didn't sell it i think we i don't know what happened i don't know why we we're greedy little boys i guess we were young 
you know, we're supposed to get stuff and keep it. A, little, a while ago, uh, Mike, uh, one of our friends, asked us a question on Facebook and said something like, why do we keep track of all this stuff? And how does that impact the game that you're playing? I didn't think much of the question. I didn't think much of the subject, so I didn't say nothing. Then I was thinking there's different games use different ways of getting rid of these lists of stuff on your character sheet, right? There's no need to become an accountant to list all this stuff and keep track of how many torches you have, how many arrows you shoot, or how many coins you have in your purse. Now, I played a few games that that tried to do away with treasure. For example, the One Ring. There's no gold coins in the One Ring. There's treasures, and, and a treasure is very abstract. It doesn't tell you what that treasure is. It's just there's treasures are worth one, two, three, four, or five. Well, they've kind of, the One Ring did away with the idea of carrying stuff. I mean, technically you have it, like, but it, it goes by what is your, they don't call it class. What is your economic level, right? right. You're, so you're either you're poor, li- How you're, you're living. How you live. And if you play a Hobbit, you, you choose, like, what is it? What's wealth the, level, I think. The wealth is. I think it gives you a wealth level. It gives you, a, oh yeah, and it. So if you, because I when I played it, I played a like like a Frodo kind of like character. Yeah. So I didn't have to worry about money, and I could just buy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Because my family was wealthy. Right, and so I think what you, you didn't have to keep track of anything. Right. You just did it. Right. You could afford which it. I kind of like because the idea of having to write down I have 3,000 gold coins because 3,000 gold coins is going to be heavy right. so that's going to be in your backpack you're going to want to put that into gyms people just so so you can carry it easier <laughs> that's what we used to do which is what we do in our when our when we play 5th edition or even Pathfinder with yeah. the boys is they're they're smart enough to know that you can't carry because they go like well that's going to weigh a lot I yeah 50 pounds that. I forget what it is so, so they go okay we'll just go to the shop and exchange it to whatever bank you have in a town, right, a big town, and you'd exchange it for gyms, right? Banks, yeah. And then you can just sew the gyms into your into your clothes, and so, you don't have to worry about it. I think they just put them in your pouches. Well, I sewed them into my clothes that way. I had them. <laughs> no one could take them, and I had them. No, it could, it could rob you of your clothes. So I think that's a very good example is the One Ring, right? You have this this system where you have a wealth level and. Which really bothered you when we played it, because you was, were a horseman, but you weren't the right wealth level to have. No, I wasn't a horseman. I was a yeah. I was you just a, a man in the, of the wild or whatever. So I was uh, not subsistence, but I was uh, I the forget, one above it. One above it, right? There's Mark, there's like poor Marshall or something. Yeah, something like that. And there's like like there's like poor, and then there's like you're making it. And you, but you wanted to have. You know these nice riding horses. I wanted a riding horse, and and Shannon wouldn't give it to you right, because right. of your of your wealth level. Well, it was also my my. Uh, they also have this thing. I forget what it's called, but it was a different. Uh, you had a, maybe it was wealth level. Right, right. I think you're right. So I couldn't afford a, a horse, or to keep that horse is basically. I, yeah, I think I, uh, he let me have a horse, but it wasn't the war horse that I wanted. Right, right. So it was still a horse. So it was still pretty cool. That game, the One Ring, it brings it down to just these very abstract, uh, what is it, uh, economic levels. And depending on your economic level, you could afford it. And if you didn't, you couldn't afford it, right? But then there's a, then there's you collect treasure. You actually find treasure in the One Ring, even though that's not the primary basis of the game. You do find things that are worth 
treasure, and the, and it will tell you this is worth two treasure, and 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 the way they say it in the the One Ring, one treasure is good enough for you to live very comfortably for a month. I'm like, okay, so that's still kind of abstract. Uh, is that enough to like? Let's say you want to blow the whole treasure on a horse. Is that one? Is that is that enough? I think I think they do figure. You know, they give you tips on how and what you could afford and stuff. So I thought it was interesting. I, and I I kind of liked it because the whole idea of the One Ring isn't about going out and killing monsters and taking their stuff. That's not not what the basis of the game is. It's it's about doing something a little bit more loftier than being a murder hobo. It's about trying to fight back the evil and that's the primary basis of the game and so when you you eliminate that whole i need to hunt for treasure to be able to afford this or that it kind of helps i'm making this arrow no <laughs> he's, he's, he's using arm signals at me um well, i'm not sure what you call that <laughs> it, it kind of zeroes in on the fact that you don't that's not the kind of, kind of gameplay or kind of role playing experience that the One Ring is trying to convey. Right. So there's other games that kind of do the same thing that the One Ring does. Feng Shui, for example. Which Saul and I have already talked about this when we were talking about this subject okay. together. Right. I really like the way Feng Shui does it. Like, okay. I mean, they do track th- some things. Like, there's the the tracker for your time you have every move you make costs you three things three shots. yeah there's different things like that that's in combat but you can always pick up something and use it as a weapon and there's always guns if there's a gun you can use it right and there's always guns because it's feng shui you don't have to count your bullets or anything like that i i think if you roll a one or or you get exploding bad dice or something then right then then your gun jams yeah and bad happens right it's i think it's box box no it's a snake eyes yeah is bad right yeah. Right. But I think that I like the way that game does it because I don't have to worry about if I have enough ammunition. And I didn't really, we've never really played that way where you have to track every single bullet or anything like that. As far as I know, as far as I remember, Saul's not like a, because it slows the game down, right? If you have to count your bullets. And... Well, we've never really played a game that di- actually that was like part of the rules. Or... Right. I think, no, we've never played. But I like Feng Shui because. When you're in a Hong Kong action movie, you're right. not necessarily going to have everything you need with you, or you're going to run out of your gun's going to run out of bullets, so you're going to have to pick up another gun, and it's always available if there is one right. there, right? right. Or, or you could pick up something else and use an improvised weapon. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the Feng Shui too, but in, in the I'm pretty sure. In the, well, I'm per, more versed in the original version, and they would have like if you were a gun-toting person, they would have like lightning reflexes where you could reload. Got that motorcycle. Okay, so there's a lightning reflexes. Lightning reflexes, which allowed you to reload your pistol because there is a number of rounds inside your gun, like yeah. eight, ten, sixteen, whatever it was, and you would have to reload. It would take you three shots to reload, and then there was re- lightning reflexes, which lowered the amount of time it would take you to reload, and then you could take different levels of it, and then there was, I think it was lightning reflexes, three which allowed you to reload without any shots. And that had to be like one of your shtick. That was part sticks, of your yeah, shtick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was that was pretty cool. And that, and, that, and like I said, there's other ways of of handling consumption of goods, right? Right. Like the, uh I'm going to shout out to Mark Hunt 
who who makes uh quite a few games he he really likes the old school games so he does uh he r- runs games using the old D&D uh-huh uh whether that's AD&D or whatever but he made a game called uh The Front which is a World War 2 RPG it's really small it's like you know 20 30 pages and it's in a small digest format. But instead of having to, cons- to keep track of bullets, like in the military, you would have to keep track of bullets. He, li- he in- I don't know if he invented it, but he uses a, a, a die. And for what happens is, is that you start off with a certain kind of die type. For example, uh, you have a, uh, a M1 Garand, a rifle. It is a die type eight. So you, you, every time you roll to, to shoot, you also you, you would roll a D8. And if you roll a one, that means you go down to the die six. And if you roll a one, whenever you're using that weapon and you roll a one, you do go to a die four. And then if you roll a one on the die four, you're out of bullets. But it also, but he also expanded that to like things like the Jeep, like the American classic Jeep that, you know, roamed uh, Europe during the war. There was thousands of them, if not hundreds of thousands of Jeeps out there. And he does the same thing, like if you, for gas or maybe it's going to break down, he uses that kind of mechanic where you all would always roll this die, die type for, for to see if you run out of bullets or run out of gas or it breaks down. And I think that's pretty neat because you never know when it's going to happen, right? Just like in real life, except you can watch the gas gauge, right? <laughs> well, you can watch the gas unless gauge. Unless it's broken. Unless it's broken. But, uh, you know, but because, because well, like in the movies, yeah. it's like, uh, what is it? it? It's something that you throw in. Just to it makes make, it dramatic, makes right? it more interesting, right? And that's what it, that's what it's about. And I really like that system, and I, I and I just I thought it was really ingenious. And and you do that for everything, and that makes it kind of easy because it's each each time you're rolling, you're you're rolling something, you have to keep track of right. how many bullets you've shot right. or when how how often do you have to clean your gun and blah 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 <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. But what what I like about that is that it's. You don't have to refer to your sheet all the time, right? Which is a good thing because when you're role playing, you're in the moment, you're doing your thing, and you're, you're bouncing off each other's ideas, and you're role playing in the game. And then combat happens or whatever happens, you go, "Oh, did I run out of stuff?" And the, the simpler the system for that, what is it? The less you break out of role playing and go to like accounting 101, right? Let's say you're playing. Let's say you're playing some military simulation game, war game or whatever, or not war game, but RPG. Oh, I just shot, uh, I just shot, I went on uh, full auto. I just shot uh, 30 rounds of my M60 machine gun, whatever. So you're like, okay, I, I still have 56 bullets left. Well, that alone, you know, you, when you have to refer to your sheet and mark off all these little things that you use, it kind of breaks you out of that whole role-playing experience. Where if you just like, Oh, you're rolling the die to see if you run out of bullets. Okay, I did it. I keep shooting. Well, that has more to do, well, maybe with the system, but more to do with the with the GM, right? Because it depends on how how strict they want to be on. Did you pick up all your arrows? Did you <laughs> do? How many clips of of ammunition ammunition are you carrying in that bag? Right? right. How many have you used? And I need you to mark it off as you use them. And when I was doing research on this, okay, I found all of these these guys talking about, and they were like, "It's totally normal. How do you keep track of all this stuff?" And they had all these different ideas, right? Someone said, "Go to uh, go to uh, the dollar store and buy the little." pebbles like the the little clear beads yeah yeah 
and give them out, right? And each one is a denomination. Or these are your arrows, get different colors so everybody at the table can see what you have. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, that just sounds ridiculous <laughs> to me because, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I'll use this arrow, here you go. I'm going to go pick it back up, so I'm going to put it back, right? That kind of thing. And then one guy goes, well, how do you keep track of it? And this, this guy's like, well, I just have him write it down on the sheet. And one guy goes, well, then you just have to keep erasing it well big deal and i'm like going okay so and then one guy goes you guys are crazy all i do is at the end of the session you go so just mark off on your sheet what you used what you don't have anymore how much money you you've received right right which is usually what we do when we play D with the kids right at the end you got everybody when you get paid for the job right you get three thousand gold <laughs> and and you get to you're splitting it between seven people, right? So then Steve will say everybody has this amount. Oh yeah, and, the gold anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I really go into expenditures of arrows, or I just make you buy more arrows. No, right? you you don't. You, that's what I'm saying. It, it depends on the GM, yeah. right? Because there's some GMs who obviously, obviously, are very into keeping track of your stuff, and they're concerned that. You've shot your twenty arrows. Why are you still shooting? Right. Well, there's that. There's you know you don't have an endless quiver of arrows, and I think that's unless where that you comes. actually have an endless quiver. Well, of arrows. unless you have a magic bow or something like that, or or a magic quiver. I'm just I'm, but so so it's a different kind of thing. But I think, and I told you this before, if you're gonna keep track of everything that everybody has, you're gonna slow the game down. Right. Especially when it comes to how many bullets were shot, then someone has to go and inevitably. Someone's going to go, oh, last time, I just remembered last time I used that one, so I really didn't have those bullets, so I couldn't have done that. Right, that does happen. And then that just slows down the whole game for like 15 minutes, unless the GM goes, don't worry about it, just, you're fine. I think, okay, so we're, we're, that, you're kind of referencing D&D in a sense, because D&D doesn't, doesn't, I guess you're supposed to keep track of stuff in D&D, obviously. I mean, it's just the way it normally Well, everything, is. like Shadowrun, too. Because the, well, okay. the boys are, are like to, to read and figure out what the rules say, right? And then Ian wants to do it the way the rules are written right, right. because that helps him to, to feel like he's in control. So he wants to know how, where is your ammunition, which bag is it in, how much have you used, and that kind of stuff. So they talk amongst themselves. Right. They don't usually do that in game unless, like, someone can't stand it. I know you don't have that, right? right? And Didn't then, you sell that thing? Or yeah. And then there's this whole 20-minute conversation between the players going, and that's just between the players. That has nothing to do with the GM because he's not keeping track of your stuff in Shadowrun. <laughs> no way. So <laughs> I think what happens is, is that that comes from players wanting to be fair, right? Yeah. And, and they don't want another player slash character have some advantage that they shouldn't have because well the boys okay so we have we have three boys who play with us well they're not boys anymore they're young men young men but they're very competitive they've always incredibly always have been ever since ever since they could talk right (laughs) and one of them is older than the others right but the other two are my son and my and my friend's son are two days apart and then the oldest their oldest child is Three years child. older. Yeah. It's three years older. But now they're twi- in their early... The boys are going to turn 19 this yes. month, so... And the, old, and the oldest of the, of the three is 21, 22. 22 22. Now. He's going to be 23. So there's always been that competition. And my son has always wanted 
not to take any crap from the older, older, old, older son. Now, the one that's two days younger than him, Alan, he's a pretty much a milk toast kind. Not milk toast, but he's easygoing, right? He'll go along he'll just with it. Just let it go. Yeah, he'll go whatever. But the other two, they're all we have always, and and they've gotten much better. But they've always butted heads. And of those two other ones, I would say, hey, didn't you use up all your, your rockets on the last game or whatever it is, right? And I think that's a certain dynamic that, that just exists between them. But it does highlight the fact that some games, people, people, some games want you to keep track of all these things and not have unlimited ammo. Well, and not just the games, but the people sitting around your table that you're playing with. There's going to be different personalities, right? right. So some people are going to be very, very... They, they either want to stay by the rules and make sure nobody has any advantages right. or that's the way they grew up doing it, right? Their GM or dungeon master was like strict, right? You only get this much and once you use it, it's gone kind of thing. I, then you have to go fill up your supplies again kind of thing. I think that was kind of the way I, I ran it. You guys would use up supplies. I go, well, I go, you shot a lot of arrows. You know, maybe some of them you get back, but you probably need to buy some more stuff. Yeah. And and what happened then was after a while, I would just start saying, you know what, uh, I'm not. I don't want to count rations. I don't want to count arrows and all that stuff, or or stuff to fix your weapons because you know they're gonna get dinged. How about you know I just charge you, and I, and this amount of money would go up as the characters got higher levels. This wasn't with us. Yeah. Oh. I would just charge you all. Oh, you know what? That's 10, let, 10 gold for upkeep. Or I remember you saying that when you go into town, yes, w- that's what, what is everybody doing, right? And everybody would always go, well, well there's the shopping spree. There's one. the shopping to make sure. And then before you leave town, you always make sure you have enough rations and everything because we had gotten stuck in the middle of nowhere with nothing, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, and you needed heavy blankets and stuff because you guys are not from the, the winter area. Yes. Yeah. So. And that, toward the end, I just say, you know what? I'm just going to charge you 10 gold for repairing all your stuff and yeah. replacing Mark it the off arrows. your sheet. That's so, what he would say. Yeah. Mark it off your sheet. So I, I would require you guys to take keep track of your gold. Yes. Yeah. What Mike was saying, well, I think Mike was trying to, ask really was how does that impact the game how does that impact the flow of the role-playing game so i think a lot of games now and and instead of becoming an accounting rpg they want you just to role play and not have that counting aspect become a detriment to role-playing in a certain sense i i totally agree because I think Mike was specifically talking about arrows, remember? Cause he was yes, saying, he was talking about arrows. <laughs> and it sticks in my head because <laughs> I've, I've heard these conversations, right? But I think the, the, there's two ways you can look at that, right? And we've talked about this before we did this episode. I was saying that the more you have to slow down, and when you, combat always slows down the game anyway. Yes. But if you literally have to slow it down so much that because somebody goes, I don't remember on the last time I forgot to mark off which arrows I picked up and which arrows I didn't. And I'm like going, okay, I'm, I'm checking out for five minutes while you people <laughs> figure this out because this is, is no fun to me right? because I do accounting all the time and I don't need to count beans for you. <laughs> for fun. <laughs> and so, so it depends on how, how slow you want it, how much you want to slow down your, your role playing. Right. Right. Do you want and And Saul will just go that, don't really worry about it. Just figure out how many arrows you have. And once you run out of them, stop shooting. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it sometimes it doesn't really matter. I agree in, in that sense that if it really doesn't matter and you guys have uh, plenty of money 
then you probably would buy new arrows, even though you forgot to tell me you bought right. new arrows. Hence why, after a while, toward the very end, I just start charging you guys at 10 bucks for all your arrows and fixing stuff. But, the, you know, always, obviously, when they went to town, they wanted special stuff. And, to, cause, and that's what I would tell them. And, that, and that's another thing is that I would say, in most of my games, when I run at conventions or when I run at home, I say, you're going to have what it takes to do whatever your character does, right? If you're a thief, you're going to have these picking tools and all this other stuff. If you're a, a swordsman, you're going to have a sword. If you're a, a, a gunman, you're going to have a gun. I'm not going to ask you to buy unless you want something special. Then you got to have to tell me or write it down. And then when I, when I run at conventions, I have a pre-gen sheets and they have stuff on them usually. Right. And I say, well, if there's anything that you think you want to take. Before the game. Before, before the game starts yeah. or before the adventure starts. Yeah. Or before they get out of town, wherever yeah. the situation is. And unless they want, well, like let's say they, you know, we're playing an alien game. Oh, I want a rocket launcher. Well, there's no rocket launchers in the in the, <laughs> there's limited in the hold, right? Yeah. <laughs> but let's say you want, what can I have as a weapon, right? But you can, you can find that flame flamethrower. <laughs> well, that would, even, that would be pretty tough. Uh, where would you find a flamethrower? But, but the person says, oh, I want a gun. Well, nobody, there's no gun. You know, you can't have a gun in space. You blow a hole in the thing. So... I want a weapon of some sort. Oh, okay, what kind of weapon do you want? I'll take and then, the wrench. Yeah, they'll say, oh, well, you know, I just can I have a heavy wrench? Okay, you can put that on the character sheet if there's not one on there. And that's what the way I usually run because some people are very inventive and they can come up with stuff. And I, that's what I tell them. I go, look, your character sheets, there's stuff on them. If you want anything that out of the ordinary, ask me. And then if I say it's okay, write it down. Or let's say you there's just stuff that you want, like, for example, let's say we're playing D and D. Oh, I want a ten foot pole. Okay, write it down. It's not on. I mean, it's not on your character sheet because I didn't put it on there. But, but it you, might be an important accessory that you need. Or you could. And some people are very inventive. Well, right. a lot of people are very inventive. Ninety nine percent of role players can think outside the box, and they can think something to do with that ten foot pole, other than like feel around for traps. Right? They. I mean, people come up with all kinds. Well, of Well, yeah, a cool, ten foot cool pole could come in handy. What if you need to pole vault? I mean, <laughs> pole vault, or you know, stick it in a pit and have somebody climb out instead of having to undo the rope right. and redo the rope. Something really quick, right? And people uh, come up with like ball bearings. I go, what would you want the ball bearings for? And, and people and they'll go, tell you. Yeah, they'll tell you or they'll use them. And I'm like, I never thought about that. Like they want to know if, if the floor slants a certain way. Well, also Saul does this thing when, when you get into town, either in the middle of an adventure or you're like going there to, it's on your way. And the boys used to love it because he would go, okay, you have, you know, 36 hours. What are you doing? And then they would go, and Ian would always go, I want to go to the magic shop and I want to see if I can buy this. And I'd go, well, we need some more healing potions, so I'll go with you. And then we would go through the whole role playing of doing it. Right. right? And there were two different ways you could do it, right? It, it added flavor to the game and it helped to teach the boys to to role play stuff out, right? Yeah, interact so with stuff. then Saul could be funny with his characters of whoever the magician is. The non player characters. The, and, you know, that kind of thing to make it more not that i don't want to say realistic but more immersive right right you're in town it's not just okay you get a room at the end do you want and, and then I, I always go i always told the boys we need to take baths so let's <laughs> do that right because you've been out traveling in the wild yes. and so it gives it more flavor right it gives the the role-playing aspect a chance and that kind of helped them to those 
it, so then now when we go to town, they do the same things. They're all older, but they have that idea that when you get to town, there's different things you yeah, can do. Yeah, it goes off and scatters. There's yeah. all kinds of weird things. Well, remember Kathy was an entertainer, right? Yes. And so she, an entertainer gladiator, right? So yeah. she put on some show and, uh, and then Augustine had this idea of selling chairs to sit down yes. and, and, and enjoy the show. Or he became her agent, right? <laughs> For a little while. Him and Alan. Him and oh. Alan, they go, well, we have this entertainer. We want uh, 10% or half of the, the you know the booze you make. And they're like, no way. Uh, well, how about if we charge to get in? And they're like, we'll, and we'll give you half. And they, they worked out all these deals. I'm like, okay. Then know. they bought all these chairs. And then they, they put them inside of the, the, pavilion. the pavilion. I got to so get rid can, of that pavilion. So they can <laughs> take it with them. Yeah, so... So, but it adds flavor to the game, right? And it adds, Silly stuff that makes it fun for for. Well, them. and it, it rounds off their character, right? Yeah. Their personality and stuff. You know, obviously Augustine's character was greedy beyond measure, and so any way he can make a buck was important to him. And Alan just went along with anything. And Kathy was really into, you know, making sure that her character was viewed as an entertainer, not just a swordsman or right. or. It was or, important to yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. So those are pretty interesting things that happen. I think. We kind of got away from counting, but I think it, it's a result of, of having money and being able to spend that money and also a way of making money, right? Cause well, because I was get, talking about buying arrows. Right. So, uh, but they went into town and not only did they spend money, but they tried to make money, right? Off right. of these. Uh, and then the, there was never a bar. Was there a bar in the group? No, I don't think so. No, because nobody ever tried to make money singing well, and telling it's tales. It's kind of hard with the, the boys. They weren't really into, I mean, they couldn't. I don't think that that was a character they wanted to play. Right. No, no, I agree. It's a very tough uh, character in DD. But what you're saying also is that usually when, you, when you're counting stuff, it kind of blo- takes away from the role-playing aspect of the right. game. And in this case, uh, we're talking about accumulating wealth and spending it, even though it takes away from... Takes away. It doesn't. In this case, when you go to town and spend your money, it wasn't taken away from role playing. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just gonna go to the store, buy ten arrows, boom. You were not, they were actually role play going to the store. Now I know a lot of people hate that, and and I don't necessarily hate it, but they hate shopping, the shopping spree. Like I've seen actual plays where somebody would go into town, and some of the players would love it, right? They'd go, oh, I got all this gold, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go to do, do this. And, and one guy goes, that's it. Another shopping. I'm, you know, <laughs> he goes, I'm out of here for the next 10, 20 minutes, right? And so I think it's funny. I, I like it because the players like it, right? Well, yeah, and it, and it and I think you you made it fun for the boys too, but it also helped to teach them that, you know, you can't afford that, that sword, right? <laughs> you, you need to get more. You don't have enough. Money. to buy that right. right or what is it that you really need to take with you as you're going out to what do you need right, right? that kind of thing and that helped them to understand that you have to carry everything that you have in your and that was another thing how much does it weigh yes. right that kind of thing <laughs> so you have to have the your backpack will your backpack hold that what is gonna what's in your backpack so so it was a lot of teaching them that right yeah which kind of helped them now. Now, when they come across different kinds of things, they think about what would I do? How would I do this? Do I have enough stuff to do it? That kind of thing. And it it helps with the role playing aspect of it because right. they're actually thinking different things. They're not going. They're not like see, Saul was never. You know, you have to count each arrow kind of thing because that would have like. Well, they would have done that too. 
Yeah, I mean, I think every once in a while I say, how many arrows have you shot? You know, because I'm like, because sometimes the battle would extend quite a bit. Yeah. For some reason, I always picture Steve going, oh, yeah, I don't have enough of that. But I think they all did it to a certain extent, or they would all forget. But there were not a lot of arrow shooters. No. There were a lot of hand-to-hand combat guys. I have my sword <laughs> and my axe. The only thing was maybe spells, but they weren't all spell throwers. The only one who threw spells was you and uh, Ian, right? Yeah. So I think counting stuff is important, and it depends on the game, right? Like in D&D and in most RPGs, I don't think it matters. And yeah. so you can use whatever system or count beads or ignore the beads and say, you have enough stuff unless it becomes a really ridiculous, like this is like the hundredth arrow you shot you know, well, the, until it gets dead to that level. They're not, they don't have a wagon, right? Not, well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I think in those games, I think you could pretty much forgo or have some system that makes it less intrusive on the role playing to, to keep track of that stuff. If you, if you want to keep track of it, or like I said, there's different systems. Like you could just say, well, you have unless it gets like really ridiculous how how much stuff you're using like let's say you have they're trying to cross a chasm that's 300 feet wide and, oh i have my rope in my in my backpack well you have 300 feet of rope i mean the most i'd say is 100 feet right that's usually 100 feet of rope is the standard so things like that i would question but in another other games it does matter right if if it's a scarcity type of game like if it's post apocalyptic and you're counting cans of dog food that you're going to eat or whatever it is like mad max and or gasoline or or even bullets cuz in yeah. the post apocalyptic world uh, there's probably not too many Resources ammo limited. gun manufacturing th- places so you're counting every bullet uh, maybe with some uh, war type simulation game you count the bullets or you count the clips and stuff like that and even then, some of those games, like I, I recently uh, bought this game called Ghost Ops, which is basically like a special forces type of game where they go in and, you know, do stuff. And uh, and they abstract uh, clips of ammo, right? You know, they go like, yeah, you know, they, they they do it, even though it's it's you're only supposed to carry a certain amount. of You know, you can't carry everything that you want or a bunch of stuff because. Yeah. Because you can't. It's too bulky. It's and, too bulky. And noisy. You can, yeah. And stuff like that. So I think depending on the game, some games really want you to count all these things. Uh, for example, the, I mentioned Ghost Ops and I mentioned almost any of post-apocalyptic world, world uh, a post-apocalyptic setting from uh, Twilight 2000, a- Aftermath, even though that's a very old game. But, you know, where things are very scarce, what was I going to go for that? <laughs> <laughs> but there's a game called Torchbearer, which does it for dungeons. And it's and in that case, the character sheet actually has slots for your for everything, right? So you have certain slots in your backpack, you have certain amount of slots in your arms and in your waist, right? Where you can carry. Yeah. And once you put something there, you can't can't once it's you can't area, change it. Right. Not you can change it. Once you put something down, it fills up that slot. And it, once those slots are filled, you can't carry anymore in that area. So what happens is it becomes this game of, of uh, deciding whether you want to keep delving into this dungeon or you want to turn back and go back and go back to town and reap your rewards of your dungeon delving. And what happens is, is in, and in the party, and there's all kinds of rules about getting tired and, and light sources and stuff like that. Yeah. And 
I'm not sure I would like to do that, but people love that game, and people really think that it's like an homage to old D&D, and it, it's a mix of old game with a different type of... It uses Burning Wheel, which, which is the same game system that is in Mouse Guard, and, and so this one supposedly is a little bit more complex than Mouse Guard, but but not as complex as some other game. I forgot what it was, but it uses Burning Wheel. It's a really weird system, but uh, people really like it, and they like it because of the, the nitty-gritty of this counting arrows, of counting torches, because of light sources because right, you're going right. around. And, and, you, and you're also, the other source, uh, limited resources, or is you're, like, you get tired, right? And so yeah. you are always looking at, well, there's more riches down there, but do I want to risk going down there and getting tired enough that I'm not going to make it out. So that's a very interesting game. I've never played it. I've only seen it on, you know, being played on actual plays. One of my friends, uh, Sean Nittner, he loves that game and ran a couple, he's made, written a couple like adventures for it. It all depends on the type of game you're playing. I would say for the most part, I'd rather have role playing happen instead of stopping and saying, Oh, do I have enough arrows? Okay. No, it doesn't really matter. In my, in my opinion, I I'd rather have people role play and stay in a role playing frame of mind than have to stop and go, well, let me look at my character sheet real, real quick to see if I have those last two arrows or whatever it is, or two bullets in my gun. Unless it, unless it dramatically matters, right? Unless it dramatically matters. <laughs> well, and I think like you were talking about the ghost ops and right. I always, I think about, um, I'm pointing at the book, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you see it. I think about movies that you see, right? Where the, the people, when they do run out of ammo in their gun, they put it down and they pick up somebody's gun that they just killed that still has <laughs> ammo, right? Hopefully. <laughs> and, and when I watch those kind of movies, I'm always thinking, well, how much, how, what do they have? How much did they shoot? What, what do they have left? Right. And then sometimes in the movie, they just go and they keep shooting. And I'm all, well, they should have picked up a gun with more. Or they run out of bullets, right? They I go, they should have picked up somebody other, some other right. gun, right? But I only have thought about that since we play with the boys a lot. That's when it actually came to me that you could do that, right? Well, there's all kinds of movies that that kind of happens, right? Where yeah. like, Usually when they're chasing some bad guy. Mm -hmm. right? And it's happened in like modern movies where the person has like a machine. Uh, a, a semi-automatic weapon or whatever and they're shooting 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 and then they they drop it because it's it's out of bullets yeah. and they don't have time to yeah. reload or they don't have the reloads and they just pick up maybe the dead guy's yes. gun but sometimes every once in a while for the dramatic scenes it doesn't have any bullets right right another probably one of the best scenes i've ever seen this best movie that i've ever seen this was last of the mohicans well, they're chasing. Oh, yeah. Well, they're chasing the uh, Mogby, the the mm -hmm. I want to say the evil one, but the bad uh, Native American as they're racing to save the girl, and they're shooting and and their muskets, right? So they take forever to reload, right? So they shoot their muskets and they kill somebody. They just pick up the gun yes. that the guy had uh, that they just killed, and they just keep running. And you know, I'm getting goosebumps just listening, just thinking about that scene because it's so dramatic, right? They're really trying to go and save this. Well, one is chasing the guy, and then they're chasing their son and their brother. And it's like super, what do you call it, uh, tense, and it's super action-orientated. And then that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, where right. you're just like running and grabbing stuff and hoping that the people didn't shoot before uh, you killed them. <laughs> well, with a musket, that's the... Right. Yeah. Or they, or they uh, I think one time, 
one of them grabs a musket, slings it over his shoulder, and he's reloading his own musket. Yes. And then he's able to shoot, and then he throws that down and shoots the one yeah. that he has over his shoulder. So all kinds of exciting stuff can happen in those sense where there's limited shots or scarcity of stuff. So I think those are different different games, and I think in those games, they could also be fun too. There's no, you know, I'm not saying that you have to, counting bullets and stuff is not a fun game, but it depends on the setting and it depends on the type of game that you're running. Well, and if you're playing with people that really are into keeping track of everything, yeah. right? There, you've got the mat out on the table. Everybody's figures are out, and everybody has their either their computer, their tablet, or right. their piece of paper in front of them, and they're going, okay. I only have six bullets left, and, or I only have six arrows left. Right. I lo- I dropped my sword back there. That kind of thing, right? Well, I like Alien, which is no, which oh. is a, a, a newer game. Yeah. It you wanted you keep track of everything. Well, because you you kind of have to. It doesn't matter. You're going to die anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, that's part of the of the of the what is it? The tense. Right. Tense, the stress. The stress. Ten, I was going to say tensity. <laughs> Well, no, because it's the stress mechanic, right? You, well, no, I'm just talking about your, your stress because not because of the stress mechanic, though that does add to the overall old crap type of feeling. But the fact that you have a gun that maybe has, let's say it's a nice gun, it has seven bullets. Or it's a flare gun. Or Well, let's say it's a real gun <laughs> and it has seven bullets and you just shot four into this alien and it, it didn't do anything didn't do much. So you're like, oh, okay. but I need something else. <laughs> I need a bigger gun. So I really like I I've, I really like this this topic because it, it at, at at the very at first looking at it it doesn't mean much but it does impact on role playing and how the game plays and how people can be they break that fourth wall right they're in the moment they're playing this game they're in immersed in the game and then somebody says oh do you have enough bullets for, to do that or do you have that piece of equipment and you're like oh let me look at my character sheet which kind of might throw you off or kick you out of that immersion which is not good for role playing in a certain sense to stay in the in the in the moment or stay in the game and but other games because of the the setting i think it's important to keep track of everything that you have and don't have so it's basically dependent on the game you're playing depends on the game and depends on the dm right yeah yeah how how they how they want to play it and, so, I, and I think either way is 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 okay if you like you know depending on what game you're playing if you have to keep track of stuff if I, see if I have to keep track of stuff then you're it, not gonna run that game <laughs> I'm like oh uh, how many bullets why do I have to know how many bullets I have I mean come on I mean I can understand the reason but do I want to do that during the okay I shot two bullets mark it off, mark <laughs> it off and then so it's gonna make it less exciting for yes, me yes. to have to and that's mark what off I'm those about, bullets. About immersion. But other people might go, okay, I shot two bullets. That means I only have four. Okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So their tension goes up, right? <laughs> right. Their tension goes up. And then they're having a lot more fun because like, they're worried. They're about excited yeah. about stuff, right? right. So, so it depends on, on you, the game, and the GM. And the players. And the players. Right. So there's all these kinds of factors that depend on whether you want to really count this stuff or let it slide with some some more, or some sort of other mechanic that either come up. And there's other, like you said, there's other people out there who come up with these ideas of beads or yeah or eh, don't worry about it. And every time there's someone who comes up with a way to keep track of something, there's a reason why they did that. I'm sure. Right. Which probably has to do with some player at their table, right? Right. Or some kind of thing that they experienced. Right. So. Like the like you said, you could just mark it off on a piece of paper, yeah. like little hash marks. So yeah. Some dumb pe- some people have done that, but other people like they get really 
really into it. And so instead of sending just glass beads, like I remember playing in a Feng Shui, not, not Feng Shui, it was a Deadlands, and they actually gave you uh, shotgun shells. <laughs> Right, for for the bullets uh. and i'm like oh okay so you go you, you just and then you're always tossing all the shotgun <laughs> shells into this bucket in the middle of the thing i thought it was pretty funny uh it was pretty cool and it was kind of neat but uh anyway and it was game game specific yeah right? yeah and it was kind of in you know the whole idea of it was you know in the game kind of relevant to the game so there you go there's a bunch of ideas for keeping track of your stuff i guess that's it that's it have a good day this is gaming perspectives with saul Angeline. You have a good day. <laughs>